What are we calling this? The free cheese and hot sauce podcast. Nightingales. Buckies or bookies? And I'm just trying to do better than I use. Speaking of crows. It's a kind of shame that you really just can't describe. No thoughts, chaps, no thoughts. All right. All right. Hey, what's going on, Internet? You are listening to Free Cheese and Hot Sauce, the Chicago Bulls podcast. And we are here. We're doing yet another pregame. The Heat game just wrapped up. We're doing the Bulls and the Hawks. They are playing uh, Monday, December 15th at some time. Did not write down the time, but I'm sure you could figure it out. 730. Uh, 730. Eastern time. 630 Chicago time. There you go. Uh, That's John. Say hello, John. Hi, everyone. And we also have Grant. Nothing from Grant today. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm here. I accidentally pressed option instead of control. But, you know, we're going to get it right. But, yeah, I'm here, and I've relinquished the hosting duties back to Chris. Can feel the listenership dropping yet again. And also, for the very first time ever, I think, we have Justin. This Justin. Ah, comedy. Yes, first time. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Howdy, howdy from Justin. How are you guys all doing today? I'm doing really well. It's been a, a calming Sunday for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I sipped on some tea and I read a book. I'm not like, I'm not trying to bullshit. Mr. Classy over here. Right. <laughs> uh, so, quick notes on this game. The Bulls are coming off against, or coming off a win against the Heat. Not necessarily a pretty win, but, I mean... There was a nice point differential at the end. Wins uh, Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, the Hawks just lost by one, I want to say, to Orlando, which uh, you never really want to do because uh, they are Orlando. Um, was Vukovic back for that game or no? No, he's still out. Mm, okay. I shouldn't have dropped Kyle Oakman then in my fantasy league. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, anyway, speaking of that, starting lineups, Rose, Butler, Dunleavy, Gasol, and Gibson. I don't think Noah's going to play. They We just finished watching the game, so there's really nothing on tomorrow's game yet. But Noah's probably out. Uh, Doug McBuckets, he's out for like four to eight weeks after his surgery. I know Tibbs said one thing, and fucking the other guy said something else. But four to eight seems about the window. Uh, and then for the Hawks, Pero Antich and Mike Scott, they are day-to-day, so they might play, they might not. They're not huge different ma- difference makers as it is. So, uh, yeah, that's the intro. Should we do the uh, Hawks starting lineup? Did I not read the Hawks? Okay, my bad, I'm dumb. Uh, Hawks starting lineup. Mark, not Marcus T, god damn it. Oh, no. The go. <laughs> We're talking about Big Brother. I'm sorry, I... I got nervous. I'm back. I had a day off. Uh, Jeff Teague, Kyle Korver, Mark Harrell, or however you pronounce his first name, Paul Millsap, and Al Horford, who uh, actually been doing pretty good this year after his uh, injury last year. Was he out the whole year last year? Essentially. I think the end end of last year, mostly. I thought he got hurt kind of early. Yeah, I think he tore his pack right, right around Christmas, or probably closer to maybe around February, right before February, and he was out from that, and I want to say it was the same pack that he had already torn once before, so that does not bode well for him kind of going forward. 
No, that's a that's a tough injury to rehab from too. Like, cause that involves shoulder stuff and back. Like, it upper chest is such a tricky area. Um, at least from what I can tell. Um, anyway, so the Bulls are one game behind the Hawks right now. Uh, for third place, the Bulls are at fifteen and eight. The Hawks at sixteen and seven. So this will actually decide who's in third place after this game. It's it's really curious. The Hawks are like a pretty legit team this year. I mean, like, I I don't think this record's going to hold for them. I think they'll fall, not like a ton or anything. I can see them finishing between like the one to five seed, but I don't know. Like I'm looking at their uh, schedule so far this season, and they went on a nice like nine game winning streak from uh, the day after Thanksgiving until uh, the twelfth. Uh, it looks like when they played Orlando. Oh, and they lost Orlando the next game, so that's interesting. Well, yeah, that's uh, and fun little facts. Speaking of fun facts, we're gonna jump right into this because I keep forgetting to transition into it. Grant is here with his fun facts. Okay, yeah, actually, we I had forgotten on the last one to do a fun Bulls history fact, but I'm back with this one. I think this is our second uh, install or second installment of the Chicago Bulls history fact, and this one as to deal with our opponent, the Atlanta Hawks. They have met 22 <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> yes. They have met 22 times in the playoffs. The Bulls have won 12. The Hawks have won 10. And the Bulls have won three series versus, again, versus the Hawks, too. Only uh, Hawks wins were in the 1970 and 1967 division semifinals. So that was a very long time ago, and the Bulls kind of have taken over, I mean, in the Jordan years, and then most recently in the 2011 Eastern Conference semifinals, and that was when uh, Derrick Rose had just won his MVP and actually scored uh, 44 points in game game two, I believe it was. And that was uh, game three, excuse me, excuse me, that is incorrect. Game It was uh, 44 points in game three, and in terms of this playoff matchup, that is the highest single-game total for either team so Derrick Rose going down in history in that right now and again I apologize for my mistake no you know, I mean, no a, one's ever going to forgive you but I was going to be yeah. a little more encouraging and say you know for like a newish segment like that was pretty good I'm proud yeah. of you I think I'm, I'm proud, proud of you Karen. too yeah good job yes I'm, I'm, I'm working on it again appreciate any any help or criticism on that segment i'd like to give give the people what they'd like to hear so if you have a specific thing to look up let me know so you're saying you've got to give the people give the people what they want i'd say that's a fair assessment of what i'm saying yes all right perfect i feel like there's a pop culture reference that i don't understand in Mm, here it's a shame you should get it Balen Rose. Thanks, Ayush. Ayush is in the chat not doing the episode for some reason, uh, because, you know, he's a busta. So, anyway, this is is one of those games where I think the Bulls might actually struggle quite a bit just because of the way the Hawks are built. Like, they have a bunch of quick point guards. They're really built to drive and kick or just feed it down into the post with uh, Millsap or... What's his name? Horford. There we go. Um, and without Noah, there we might run into some Lamarcus Aldridge type troubles, just given how good Millsap and Horford have gotten in playing off of each other. I can I could see that happening. I mean, I don't think as heavy as 
the Lamarcus Aldridge stuff no, is because he's that just was... <laughs> that was ridiculous. Dude was just killing it. But um, I mean, the thing is, we all know Joakim played with uh, Horford in college and everything, so they know each other's game pretty well. So I'm kind of disappointed that that probably won't happen tomorrow, at least. But we'll see. Right. Think... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to go on to a, a whole different thing. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, season stats for the Hawks right now, and they're actually ranked in assists, which is kind of surprising. Like, I didn't think they'd be they'd be the team to be ranked number one, but you know, they move the ball really well. They get to an open player, and uh, I don't know. It's if the Bulls can interrupt the ball movement for them by playing, you know, our patented like Thibodeau defense. You know, I think it should. Not necessarily be an easy winning. I think it's going to be a relatively tight game, especially in comparison to the mess of a game that the Heat matchup was today, you know? Yeah, and the Hawks play good defense too, so I feel like that could, if the Bulls are still as cold as they were at the start of the game, like, they just can't do what they did in the first half against the Hawks. They aren't going to be half as lenient as the Heat were. Yeah, and I don't think we can uh, discount the guard play from the Hawks either. They got Jeff Teague averaging 17 points and 7 assists, uh, shooting like 48%. And then Kyle Korver, who Korver. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm slightly biased for. I loved Kyle Korver back in the day. Had a nice uh, Bulls like jersey for Korver. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, it was really fun watching him beat the Pacers in the first round of that uh, like 2011 series. But he is shooting unbelievable this year like actually i'd like everyone to take a guess guess what percentage he's shooting from three this year 53 52 52 uh, 55 percent oh my god that's insane and then 52 percent from the field overall which he, he, it's unbelievable he is the best shooter in in the nba right now it it is unbelievable what he is doing, and it's just really a shame he doesn't still have his streak going because I feel like there's only like the one game where he didn't hit a three uh, in, and then it reset the whole thing. But la- it was up last year; he had strung together like 115 games with a th- straight with a three made, and he's just an unbelievable shooter. And and uh, normally when you see guys shoot like that, like they're coming off the bench, they're not getting big minutes. He's playing like. He's one of their main guys on that team. Like he's yeah. a huge, huge part of that system. They run so many plays just for him. Yeah, if you want to talk about why their assist totals are so high, you gotta look at him. When you got a guy you just pass it to outside the arc and just he just swishes it in. It's like no wonder you guys are making all these assists. It's it's just too easy. They like to run him off of screens a lot, which in a weird way actually opens things up for Horford quite a bit, because he can knock down that 15-20 foot jumper, so when guys have to collapse on Korver when he inevitably finds a way to get open, like he did so often with the Bulls, uh, it leaves Horford open quite a bit, just because of the way defenses have to rotate, so uh, watch out for that, especially without Joakim and his kind of all-knowing defensive point guard mentality. Yeah, they're gonna have to ice screens well, which they haven't really been doing that great yeah. this year. So hopefully, hopefully they get it all together. Yeah. Okay. One thing I wanted to kind of quickly talk about was everyone kind of talks about how Tibbs is the point guard whisperer, and he, you know, it's a point guard factory. But I really think that Tibbs really got Kyle Korver paid, and is the reason that Kyle Korver is a serviceable starter, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. But I think Tibbs just 
really drilled in the Corver like the basic fundamentals of the game because I think when he came to Chicago and when he left, he was an entirely different player. Well, yeah, he was actually playing on a winning team for the first time in Chicago too. Like he played for Philadelphia for a few years. I want to say he was in Utah for a little bit, but that doesn't yep, sound Utah right. With Darren Williams, yep. yeah. So like he was never really truly competitive. I mean, the Jazz were good when Williams was there, but they were never really a title contender. Um, and now with the Hawks, they're one of the top five teams in the East, and he has a legitimate role with them. So yeah, I'd say Tibbs goes into that, if only because Tibbs is the reason why the Bulls were so good. Would you say similar to what he did with Bella and Ellie too? I mean, yeah, those two are kind of, I'd say Marco to a much lesser extent, but... Oh, definitely. I actually just picked Marco up in the uh, Fantasy League, but that doesn't matter. Uh, should we jump I have into... I for like four games. I need nice. to take good care of him. Uh, should we jump into keys to the game? Go da 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 segment, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I yeah, should have told you guys that we were doing this, even though insert is... new soundboard there. Effect. Um. Anyway, I think that uh, I guess I'll go first. I usually make someone else do it. I think they just have to not turn the ball over so much, especially early on. I want to say they had like ten turnovers in the first half today. Yeah, it was know. definitely close to that. I I know in the fourth quarter they had at least seventeen, and that was it. Was really was just a lot of unacceptable turnovers as well. Jesus, that's a lot of turnovers. Yeah, and the Hawks aren't gonna do what the Heat did and just let them get away with it too. Like they've, if you guys remember when Corver was here, he knocks down transition threes, and Harrell's pretty good in transition. He's big and he's athletic, and Teague is quick and crafty. Uh, you won't see people stumbling over each other, getting rebounds as much, or passing into each other's legs. Uh, I don't know. The Hawks execute really well, so if you're going to play sloppy, I don't really think they have much of a chance. Uh, sounds sounds fair. Anyway, Grant, you go next with the uh, key to the game, I guess. Uh, keys of the game, so you took turnovers. I I'm stole gonna say, turnovers. Hey, I th- I'm going to... I feel like I use this one every time, but I'm going to stick with it. And just rebounds. I know the Hawks aren't that great of a rebounding team, but Al Horford does get his on on the boards. He's kind of averaging fairly measly, like, six this year. But usually, I mean, the combination of him and Millsap is decent on the boards, at least. And I think just especially without Joakim, it's going to be limiting limiting uh, their offensive rebounds and kind of getting out in transition. Yeah, those long rebounds have been killing us a lot this year. So, I mean, if, especially if Kyle Korver has a high-volume night, they're definitely going to have to get those long rebounds. Otherwise, the game's just going to be lost. I feel like that's a thing that Neil Funk like pounds in everyone's head during every single game. He's like, oh my, yet another long rebound. You so, really yeah. don't like Neil I... Thunk. Thunk? Thunk? I, I can't talk. We know that already. Why even spend time on it? Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mind them. It's okay. I'm not going to go into this. All right. Uh, did I, did I, Justin, what's your big key if you have one? Oh, uh, well, I would have said pick and roll defense. I know we kind of went over it, but those proper pick and rolls, those have been killing us a lot in the last few games. I don't, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember really when was the last game it really got to us. I don't think it was the Portland game. It might have been the game before that, but uh yeah it's been it's been kind of killing us a little bit so especially with a good three-pointer and with Al Horford in you, you really gotta ice the screens well as do proper rotations and and once you get that it'll be I think it'll be a lot better yeah and uh 
Now for the big event of today's episode, John's key to the game. He made a point of me bringing it up, so John, you better have something good for us. What the Bulls need to do to win this game, this is like stating the obvious, but there's a stat that comes along with it, so I'll sound a little bit smarter, I think. Fancy. In the fourth quarter, the Chicago Bulls need to tighten up the D and shut down the Atlanta Hawks. They are the number one highest scoring team in the fourth quarter in the Eastern Conference, third in the NBA, usually putting up about 26 points. And they have had a 30-plus like uh, fourth quarter points scoring like on five different times. I'm looking up their media notes getting all this. But, you know, it's one of those things just, you know, play solid D in the fourth. And I don't know. I always get nervous with this team. I feel like in the fourth we sometimes, you know, Teams will kind of drag their way back into the game sometimes. So just they're they're not a team that you can kind of sleep on, you know. Yeah, no, kind of. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, sorry, I was just gonna um, add to that. Like, yeah, we haven't necessarily seen. We've seen the Bulls be able to kind of lock down in the fourth quarter recently, but towards the earlier part of the season, we were getting scored against, and it, it, this is really going to be a kind of a statement game for the Bulls defense, I think, especially in the fourth quarter, and see if they can kind of shut down what is kind of become more a more high-powered offense in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's actually weird to see teams that score well in the East. Like right now, the Bulls are one of them. The Hawks have been doing it. Uh, the Cavs obviously can put up points like it's no one's business. It's uh, it's actually fun watching Eastern Conference games now. It's weird that. I mean, I would have never thought at the beginning of the year that the Raptors and the Hawks would be doing this well. You know, those are the two teams I would have guessed to be like four and five seed of the playoffs, but they're, they're up there. I don't, and they're scoring points, so it's weird. How yeah. have the Raptors looked without DeRozan? Because I really haven't watched that many Raptors games, to be completely honest. Like, I don't know if they looked any like, do they look like they're missing a piece, I guess is the question. I think, um... they, I think they are. From what I've heard, I actually have not watch the games it's but... hard to watch the games that are in canada especially um, yeah just because of the way certain things work uh raps and hawks got that continuity all right graham or grant grant i'm sorry man Jesus. i don't know how to speak um, <laughs> is there a reason why grant's talking into the chat did i miss something Oh no! Uh, I was just making my point. I think the that they've kind of started off so hot the first this season because they brought back a lot of kind of who they had last year. And as you're saying, Demar Derozan's out, but I mean, until he got injured, and even after, so they've had their team set, you know, the entire last year, and they made their playoff runs with these teams, as opposed to the Bulls and the Cavs are kind of working other things out. So at the end of the year, I do expect them to be more like like four and five, and the Wizards will be there. Those kind of be the running for three, four, five. But by the end of the season, the Bulls and the Cavs should have it figured out. That's a really good point. I was actually thinking that exact point last night, and just because the chemistry is still there. They're able to play with the same people every day. But we're, we've been picking up people like Powell and getting Derrick Rose back, and let's say the Cavs are just like a whole new team than they were last year almost. And that just that continuity has helped them so much, you know? Yeah. That's why for the offseason, my big thing that I said was the Spurs maybe had the best offseason and that they just kept everyone. Yeah. They kept uh, the band together. No breakups. As long, how long, oh. I don't know how long that band's going to be able to stay together. Uh. I mean, they also just lost to the Lakers, so I don't know if they're in the post uh, championship like blues or they're feeling a little aloof right now but 
I don't know, but definitely, I definitely still have that chemistry at least. Yeah, you guys, I can't believe you guys were the ones to like say that it might be closing. Come on, we know that that's just a death wish. That you're just going to set the Spurs on fire now, and they're like not going to lose again and just run to a championship because people are already starting uh, to doubt them. But man, they're too old. They just can't keep it up. Tim Duncan, he's too like he shouldn't be starting for this team. God, Manu Ginobili doesn't have hair anymore. He's um, just, just bald. <laughs> anyway, we should probably do some uh, predictions here. Uh, so, who do you guys think wins? We'll uh, go up the list. I've got the Bulls winning uh, 105-99. Just because, uh, you know, why not? I have to make a prediction, so I just kind of did it on a whim. No real reason why. Like Justin! <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a score. But I, I could see the Bulls really pulling this one out if... <laughs> They don't just turn over the ball a million times. If they can stop that, I think they can pull out the win. And it'll be nice just because the, the Hawks are number two right now. It'll be a great time to knock them out a little bit. Yeah. John. You know, I'm going to say the Chicago Bulls win as well, except I think it's going to be a relatively close game. Final score, 97 to 94. Ooh. Fun yeah. Uh, Grant, and, what do you got? Oh, Joe, uh, do you have something else? I was gonna, I was gonna throw in that the game was gonna go into overtime, but Kyle Korver will miss a three at the end of regulation. Wow, that's uh, specific. If you're wrong, you're off the podcast forever. Ah, uh, shit. Oh no. So, I think yeah. I think there's only like a forty some odd chance, percent chance that he misses though. The yeah, pressure. I mean it was a not really even a bold prediction. He's a uh... Well, I guess it was kind of a bold prediction, now that I think about it. Anyway, Grant, what do you got? Uh, this is tough. I mean, it, it. I don't know if I want to just make it a, a clean sweep. I feel like that's a little homerish, but... Fucking Bulls Homer podcast. But Kirk I do... isn't legit. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I mean, obviously, our recent criticism tells us that we're too high on Kirk Heinrich. But that, that's, that's for a different time. But I am going to say the Bulls will win... Uh, I think these teams are really, really evenly matched. I think in points allowed, the Hawks are eighth, and then in points per game, the Bulls are eighth, and it's the same opposite with uh, in points allowed. But I'm going to go Bulls 95, Hawks 91. I think it's going to stay under 100 because I think it's going to be more more defense than offense in this one. Who do you have for uh, Bull of the game? Bull of the game, I'm going to go with Pow. I mean, I think... Again, he's matched up against Horford, but if it's anyone that's not Horford on him, I, I think just people, a guy like Paul Millsap is just too small, like not to take anything away from him, but he just he is a shorter kind of he's got less length, but so I look for Powell to kind of uh, get in with get in his matchup and do what we saw at the beginning of the Heat game and just kind of go and let him bang it down low, kind of until it doesn't work because I I expect him to go for like a twenty and twelve game in this one. Uh, John, who you got? Jimmy Butler, you know, Again? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah it, it, it seems like kind of a safe pick, but also just, I don't know. Like, as much as we applaud Corver for, like, stepping up his defense, he's I think not Jimmy's, a great gonna, defender. Jimmy's just going to go to town on him. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's what's going to happen. They could put a Cephalosha on him, though. They have Tabo yeah, on the bench. that's true. He's a shutdown guy, but uh, yeah, he's also I not a know. starter for the fact that he can't shoot, so I guess I'd take the balance. Yeah. Anyway, Justin. I I would say Pow 
just because he's been leading the offense and they're just I mean he's gonna get his takes and just as he said against you know Trollsap I'm not sure if he's gonna be able to handle that all that length you know he's just gonna be able to do that little uh what's it called little hook over him so we'll see yeah, I've I've also got Pow. He just he uses his size so well, and he's one of those veteran guys who, after a game that was kind of I keep calling it ugly, it did really well in the second half. Uh, sorry, Grant. No. <laughs> but uh, no, it just seems like the kind of game where he'll flourish. And like Grant was saying about Millsap, he <laughs> keep uh keep looking at the chat. That's my fault. Anyway, I pick uh, Pau Gasol, and I forget why, but. He's a good player, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I guess that's how we typically end the podcast, right? Yeah. Any last uh, notes, last kind of keys? I've already gushed over Corver, so I think I've taken my time up. Um, my If there's anything else to really watch out for, I'd say Schroeder off the bench. I've always liked how he plays. He's one of those quick, crafty guys who the Bulls tend to have trouble with. So Kent, uh, I did not know Kent Blazemore was on this team. Uh, he barely is. Well, uh, I guess I guess look for him to come in if there's garbage time. And Damari Carroll's hair, just appreciate it. Yeah, it is nice. Um, anyway, we got to plug stuff. Wait, Chris, uh, hold on a second. Oh, I would dude. like to correct your pronunciation on. You said Schroeder. It's actually Schroeder, like Schroeder, like Schroeder. Like uh, you get like two O's. I uh, I looked up the pronunciation guide, so. I know he's been mispronounced the whole season, so I figured, you know, we'd be nice and we'll we'll try to pronounce his name right. So it's like Schroeder. We'll Schroeder. Go. It's kind of German, isn't it? It's he is from German. So he's from German, huh? Okay. He is <laughs> from German. So it makes me raise the question: in German, if you do some, if is there an umlaut in his name, like a two dots over the O, or is it just no? It's just Schroeder. Yes, no, nope, nope, There are two dots. Come oh, so, I'm Chris, stupid. you gotta, you gotta read. So hey, actually, a little I like langu- little language uh, lecture we're gonna do here. An umlaut represents the vowel with an e after it. Oh, so, so that's if why you were it's... to write it, if you were to write it out, you could do S C H R O E D E R. But you don't have to do that. You can just leave it as it is. You know. Okay, yeah. so uh, in the future, when you're deciding how you want to spell your German grandmother's name, you now know how, uh, thanks to the Free Cheese and Hot Sauce Linguistics Podcast. Anyway, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Bulls Free Cheese, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, check out the normal show, uh, go to the website to find some stuff, books, uh, FanDuel, all that crap that we do. Um, what else, what else, what else? Leave us comments, tell us if you hate us, leave us reviews, uh, regardless of what your opinion of Kirk Heinrich is. We read them all, so, yeah. I love our little beef we have with that one review. Yeah, you know what, we just, we need to prove that we have no way of taking criticism. We're gonna fight everybody. Always read the comments. It's just such a bad criticism. Like, there's (laughs) so many other things he could have probably said, but he cited Kirk Heinrich not being able to shoot, and Kirk Heinrich is shooting over 40% from three, so I don't know. shit on Bulls fan. Oh, I shouldn't say his name. Uh, Let me me say, though, uh, since I'm the new guy here, I did not know we were so high on Kirk Heinrich. I am the highest on Kirk Heinrich. I am just going to be adding fuel to this train, this Kirk Heinrich train to keep it flowing. Damn, why, why did we bring you in? Now we're going to get more poor reviews. And uh, anyway, I think we should probably wrap up. We've been going a little bit long. 
So, uh, hope y'all enjoyed it. Say goodbye, everyone. Auf Wiedersehen. Enjoy the, the game. For goodbye. Shit, yes. John, why? I had Drive to. home safely. Beep, beep. How do you say that in German? Bertnachhauser safely. Beep, beep. Do you actually know German? Dude, I took, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a long story. All right, we'll start a new podcast after this and we'll tell the story.